When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. for APR, Antoine Powell-Ryland. Schrader, sacked, Pollard, again. Seventh sack of the night. Non-conference games, but conference games are what's important, and they have, they're peaking at the right time. They peaked tonight defensively. That is sack number eight. I think they're going to be in first place alone after this week. And welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast, along with who I think are my co-hosts, Brian Siegler and Jonathan Talley. I am Curtis Wilson, and this episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeremy Counts at the Main Street Pharmacy, your friendly neighborhood pharmacy located at 301 South Main Street in Blacksburg. That video courtesy of ACC Digital Network. 
Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight sacks. Boys, are y'all in the spirit for tomorrow night or what? Let's oh, run yeah. it, man. Oh, yeah. We ready. We ready to get it, man. Ready to go. I actually got a basketball game to go to, so I won't be doing no trick-or-treating. My son's got a game at seven, so we'll be at the we'll be at the school. You know what? I got I got the I got the wood ready. I'm gonna have a fire going. We got the uh, we got some friends coming over. It's gonna be a nice little night. Uh, kids are gonna go out and roll about eight or nine deep through the neighborhood. There you go. There you go. Oh, yeah. S- similar thing over here. We're getting up, doing a big dinner. Maybe in the cul-de-sac, Brian, probably in my garage, because it's going to be cold here tomorrow night. Um, you know, good evening, LeVar. How you doing tonight? He likes the mask, boys. Um, <laughs> but same. And then going around the neighborhood, getting my kids a bunch of candy that they don't have any business eating, so I'm going to steal it all. <laughs> but y'all is having fun tonight. It, it, it oh, is. Yeah. This is going to be a fun show tonight because not only is it the day before Halloween, we are a day early, but between basketball, kids trick-or-treating, a bunch of other stuff, we had to come out because we couldn't get it together Wednesday. Shelton not with us on the night. He is on the injured reserve this week, a little under the weather. Hope we get hope you get better out there, Shelton. But, boys, we got to talk about – tell the truth Tuesday about the Syracuse game. We got to know the enemy in Louisville. And we got a couple news things we've got to share. One that broke, not broke today, but it was announced today. LeBron, raise your mask, sir. Because it ain't no way, ain't no way. Um, it's a good question. Is it going to be a trick or treat? We don't know. You will find Still out what you think. <laughs> but Brian, ain't no way you could go more than 15 minutes with that mask on without sweating like six pounds. You know what? I, I would have given it a run. We'll, we'll you would have given it a run? We'll have to see what happens, man. <laughs> there we go. A lot of people joining us tonight. We appreciate all the love. But before we get into Tell the Truth Tuesday on a Monday, let's talk about a couple news and notes. Let's talk about basketball first because a big thing broke since we last came with y'all last Sunday, and that was Rodney Rice stepping away from the basketball program. Rodney Rice, one of the highest-rated recruits ever um, in his games last year, looked solid at times, was expected to take a big step. Um I know we're in the middle of football season. Basketball is not too far away, but say what you say. Regardless, it's a big loss for the team. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a big loss, man. I mean, I guess on the – I don't want to say on the positive side of it, he never – we never got to see what all he could do. So it's not like we had an opportunity to build the team around him. So – Sometimes you can't really miss what you never had. But on the other hand, it's like kid had so much potential and we feel like he was going to be such a big part of the team. It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's horrible. And it's right before the season starts. So. Yeah. And it's a guy that we saw in parts of the season last year. All right. So he can shoot the three, but he can also get to the, get to the rack too. We haven't really seen that or had that in a little bit. So, really, since Boots was here, so having a player like that, that that has that piece to their game, I think would have been important, even if from a consistency standpoint, it sounds like MJ has kind of stepped up and and uh, and, and taken on a little bit more of a uh, a leadership role, and that's why there was some 
it looks like some questions there about who the starter was going to be at that spot. All right. Well, it, 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 it's also interesting. The guy that recruited him is at Maryland. Now, as far as him stepping away, I'm, he screwed himself this year. There is no portal. The portal for basketball is not until May. Mm-hmm. So he, he can go enroll somewhere else. He cannot be on team, a team, um, or anything like that. So right. he's effectively taking a year off of basketball. And for a guy who was banged last year and didn't get to play a lot, um, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Brian, what you said is what I believe is the biggest part. We know he could take it off the dribble. And how many times last year, last year, y'all, we were sitting there and we were always just kind of screaming. We just need somebody to just we, – we need to break this three-minute spell of not scoring and somebody just take one to the hoop get a layup, get a foul, something, and he was going to be that guy. And, you know, unfortunately, it is what it is. We move forward. It's going to be interesting to see how that season goes. All right, next one. And this was something that was announced a couple weeks ago, revealed tonight on ACC Network 6-7. to I was trying to watch it, but we were eating dinner. Um, shout out David Cunningham, that man is a lifesaver for all the tweets he puts out. <laughs> but the ACC schedule, because of the additions of Stanford, Cal, and SMU, effectively had changed. And I think we as Hokie fans, when we started looking at it, boys, it did not change for the better. <laughs> I mean, what we wanted, I feel like we got as fans. We did. I mean, whenever we changed up, we took some – took a rivalry rivalry away that I think everybody was looking forward to. You know, you can say what you want, but anytime Virginia Tech and Miami plays, I think it's a – we might not win all of them, but it's always a good time. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that's been a longstanding rivalry. And when they took it away, I think a lot of people were, you know, a little upset about that. So uh, when you look on the schedule and you see them back on there and they say, hey, this is going to be one of your permanent opponents, like – it just makes for good football. So, um, hell, we if you want to be the best, you got to go beat the good teams. So, no matter who's on that schedule, good team, bad team, whatever kind of season they're having, we just got to go win because if we keep building on what we got, we'll be a good team. Exactly. And, I mean, you love getting Miami back. You love not seeing uh, BC on the schedule every year. Thank God. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a one-two punch that, you, that you're happy to see. You, you, you only have to travel to the – Carrier Dome once every five years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the truth about that. <laughs> so it, 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 it doesn't get much better than that. It doesn't. It, it, and it's important if you take a look because something I was looking at is not everybody got the same amount of rivalry games. Some right. got three, some got two, some got one, some got none. But I think if you start looking at it is the focus is the games that can draw, right? Yeah. Miami, Virginia Tech, wherever it is, it normally draws. Whether it's Thursday night and a 3.30 uh, late night game, it draws. FSU's playing Miami. FSU's playing Clemson. That's going to draw. If you kind of look at that, that's the way they've kind of set it up. But they've also made sure that certain corridors are together. The far northeast is together. The western teams are together. That makes sense. But they kept it to eight. I, I think, Brian, you were probably more disappointed than me, than us. I wanted to go to nine. You were banging the table for nine, which would make more sense. But, you know, we're staying at eight games. Um, so is what it is there. Yeah, shout out Sheldon saying we have to have even number of teams in the conference to move to nine. So we're, we're still one one addition short here of uh, 
of being able to put nine games on the table for the ACC slate. All righty. Well, let's take a look. So we so as we got the schedule up here. Um, again, this is coming. I think we I pulled this from David Cunningham's account. Shout out, David. Guy's been on with us numerous times. Look at some of the intriguing home games. First of all, I told y'all today. I'm like they're taking Clemson from us. They're gonna put Clemson and give us like SMU at home. Right. We did not lose Clemson next year, mm-hmm. and I think that's really big for the fan base because that's one of those. That, Regardless whether what Clemson is, they're four and four this year. If they're undefeated when they come to Lane next year, that is going to be a prime game. Yeah. What else intrigues y'all as y'all take a look at this of the schedule for roughly the next uh, seven years? Well, I don't know a little bit of what I don't want to say. Well, yeah, fucking made me mad. Kind of what me and you talked about, Curtis. Like Florida State, us having to play them again and go to their house before they come to our house. And then we don't, they don't come to Lane until 2028. Like, that's a little bit of a headache to me. Like, I don't like that part of it. But, you know, I don't know, man. It's intriguing to me the the Stanford game next year, yeah. in a way, you know, it's intriguing to me. Even the, the whole schedule for next year seems uh, very, very hokey ish. Like, I don't know. I'm just looking at what we have, and I know we don't know who's coming back and things like that. But, you don't look at that and just go, oh, well, there's nobody on there that we're going to want to go see play. You know, that's some that's some decent home games. And then we got some, you know, away games that, that we've brought back that make you happy. Playing Miami away, you know, playing Duke. Duke's playing good ball. Then you got Stanford on there, even though they're not playing good ball this year, but they're going to be new to the ACC. Then, you know, we got Q's on there. Which hell, fuck the carrier down, but yes, you know, God, all of that yes, stuff. Yes, all of that stuff yeah. makes you happy, though. You know, to just to just to have a at least looks like a competent schedule. So, Brian, what intrigues you on the schedule? Uh, the entire twenty twenty eight uh, conference slate looks. That's that's a pretty. <laughs> I mean, I mean seriously. I mean, Florida State at home, Louisville at home. Go to the U up at Pitt. Over to Stanford. Let's go to Napa for a weekend. Let's let's get uh, introduced properly to uh, to SMU coming to Lane. So get them a, a nice little uh, ACC introduction and a Lane Stadium introduction. So uh, I think that's going to be an interesting year for us. I think if you look at twenty twenty seven, you get. You get Miami at home. You get Clemson. Uh, we'll see if Clemson will still be Clemson in 2027, the way things are going for them. But that's neither here or there at this point. Uh, then you flipped on the other side. You got Louisville, UNC, SMU. I think that 27-28, that's an interesting slate uh, back-to-back years there. Um, I, I, I love, like this a lot better than what we've seen, what we thought we were going to see uh, yeah. for the next three to five years. So. Um, the fact that Miami's back on there, um, we get, finally get UVA at home again next year. Um, Clemson staying on the schedule for 2024. Uh, yep. We get a team like Georgia Tech that, you know, could be more of a high mid-tier ACC team this time next year uh, if things keep trending the way they're trending for them right now. Um, hey, you better we'll not see. be ranked when you play Georgia Tech. No, don't. No, yeah. you're going to lose. They're beating the shit out of people when they're ranked. And, I don't know uh, what it is. And then you get and you got Duke on there. We'll see if Duke still has uh, Elko, Elko. in house, but uh, you know, that that could be a pretty <laughs> in, intriguing away game next year. Um, that's El- one El- El- I might Elko make gone. my way down to. Well, you know the ones like, and that's what I say. Like I like um, 
like the schedule next year is a, a solid schedule. Some good away games, some good home games. I look at 2027, and y'all mentioned it already. 2027 is like a great year. Miami and Clemson at home, Stanford at home. And then we were talking about right before we came on, road travel for 2027 is unbelievable. And 2025, too. So, for us here in Virginia, it's going to be Virginia and Carolina. That's day trips. You can get up 6 o'clock in the morning and drive Chapel Hill. You can drive UVA. Louisville is a destination, I think. Tally was trying to go there this year. He's not going to be able to make it next week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then go to Fort Worth. Look at 2025. Florida State. Georgia Tech. Tally, you could legitimately go to two away games oh, yeah. that year. Georgia Tech's easy for me to get to. Easy for you. you. Know, Bobby Dodd Stadium is easy to get to. Florida three State, hours for me. In Florida State's what? We looked at six hours. I think it's about six hours. Yeah. Not a bad drive. That's the same as me coming to Blacksburg, really. There you go. So go to the Doke that year. And then you take a look again to local games where it's driving distance for the fan base to go to. So, I mean, overall, I think this is better than what we saw when it was changed a couple years ago mm-hmm. or last year, it was a lot better. Um, again, the, the interest in trips will be out West. Also the interest trip and a little thing I'm a little scared of is them screwing us on travel with trips to Miami and trips way out West. Brian looked it up. Uh, 2024. We have the third farthest uh, travel schedule in the ACC. Because we're going cross country and we're going to the bottom of the country, right? So, so we got all that out. I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to home these home games. I mean, I, I keep looking at that Clemson game, and I feel like like that might be the one to go to. That might be the one to to drop the uh, coin on and go to next year if it's the right time. Right. If it's the right time. Got to make it the right time. Got to make it the right time. And I meant like if they put that thing up way too late in the season or way yeah. too early, it's like yeah, yeah. I want Clemson <laughs> twenty. <laughs> we don't know what to do with ourselves. Last time we went to Chestnut Hill will be this year, and it's yeah. gonna be like five years. It's the best thing. That's our buddy Robbie joining us tonight. Season's Old over. Robbie he texted us. We will see a lot more Robbie. He got Starlink internet now, and the season's over down in North my, Carolina. My guy. I, I hate that your season's over. I'm glad you got better internet. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you trade the it's like, all right, well, season's yeah, over, but at least I got yeah. some shit to watch now. Right. Well, the whole thing is, Jim, I'll say about, is this the over-under to 2030? Unless somebody finds a way out, it will be. Now, 2030 could be the year where things start breaking because it's then close enough to where it's saying, okay, we're leaving in a couple years. We can absorb yeah. hundred. We can absorb the hundred, two hundred million dollars. The, the, the amount that they have to swallow gets a little bit smaller. The closer, yeah. much smaller, much much smaller. All righty. Well, we have done with that. Awesome. But now it's time to tell the truth Monday, or tell the truth Tuesday on a Monday edition. So y'all know what we do here. If you join us every week, and if you don't, if you're a first time, we talk about what went well. We talk about what went bad. Anything we happen that we're not prepared for and effectively what can we do better going forward? And boys, y'all take your poison. We got a bunch of stuff here. What went well? You talk about it, it probably went well on Thursday because we beat them 38-10. It could have been 50. Yeah. Easy. Easy could have been 50. Yeah. Right. What, what 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 caught your eye, Brian? Um zero. <laughs> That's the number of fucking yards 
that Syracuse rushed for in that game. Man, we should have pulled Zero. that one. We should have pulled that one from the locker room. Yeah, that, that was when I seen that stat. That's kind of uh, that's kind of crazy. The rush for zero yards. You know, you we had been looking at a thirty-nine yard rush, or you know, fifty yards, zero. I mean, that's a big deal, man. <laughs> Hold a team to zero yards rushing, especially you know, a team whose quarterback essentially can kill people on the ground. You know, He's a run first th- quarterback. Yeah, I think he had like 175 yards or 147 yards against maybe Purdue or something this year. Yeah, but he did. That's crazy. Yeah, zero rushing yards there. The longest run we gave up all night was 14. And but I I, I saw that run again today. That run was very well fitted. Allen just made some good moves and they had some good blocks. We yeah. didn't spring any leaks, y'all. And you know, once we got the lead. What else went well? How about the pass rush and living in the backfield? The reason we played that from the ACC network, literally it was the first play of the game. Set the tone. Right in the face. Eight sacks, four more tackles for loss, 12 total tackles for loss. APR has two. You know the best part? And I think this made me feel good. Y'all know who accounted for, for for all the sacks? The defensive line? D-line. D-line's playing good, and each, everybody was doing a job. You know, if you look at the uh, if you look at the D-line, yeah, you got some – they're having the key on APR now, yep. you know. But you got other people winning their one-on-one battles, and that – like, when you have a running quarterback, you can't just rush him. You know, there's got to be lanes. You got to collapse that pocket. And a lot of times it was just – Essentially, whose hand got to him first? That pocket just kept collapsing, getting smaller and smaller till it's on top of you. So uh, everybody on that D-line looked like they, you know, at least in that game, we got a, still got a long season ahead, but at least in that game, everybody took took on the challenge and said, hey, we're not going to let them beat us this way. Yep. And, um, you know, once that happened, it was just you, – you've seen what happened. And, and, and the Zero ends rushing fly- yards. The ends were flying up the field, but also the the D tackles were pushing the pocket, keeping those lanes tight, so you couldn't Schrader couldn't step up, he couldn't escape outside. Mm-hmm. Everybody was where they needed to be, and everybody was coming full force at that quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I mean that, like like Curtis said, we had eight sacks in that game, another four tackles for loss. I mean, when you, when you can penetrate into the backfield like that and create problems for the quarterback consistently, everything else can fall apart, especially when you're doing a good job in the running game and not, not letting them run for, you know, big gains where they can keep, keep the sticks moving and stay ahead of the sticks uh, where, where they can get some better, you know, quicker opportunities in the passing game. So he had to stand in the pocket and throw downfield and we were able to get home. Absolutely. And shout out, we mentioned APR. I'm going to shout out everybody that got a sack or a credited for a sack. Mario Kendricks, Keyshawn Burgos, Norrell Pollard, Cole Nelson, Josh Fuga, James Jeanette, CJ McCray, Elijah Clock, and Keyshawn Burgos. That's a lot. That's a, And that's the other piece, right? And I know I'm, I want to get off this, but that's the other piece. Tally, you mentioned other guys are feeding. And it wasn't just one guy. It was almost the whole – you're next. Go eat him. 
Yep. You're yeah. next. Go get him. And I mean, You're you could have given Keonta Jenkins credit for the Pollard sack because I mean, he he came off the edge hard, made yeah. Schrader step right up to where they were the deep tackles were collapsed in the pocket, and Pollard was right there to bring him down. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Well, a couple of things that our buddy Robbie said. He said, "Where'd you get that concept from?" Y'all put that up, Robbie. I know you're just getting in here every week, man. They've been giving you credit. We definitely appreciate your. <laughs> uh, we definitely appreciate your your anything that you give us here at BCP and uh, the the knowledge that you have. Always a pleasure to talk to you. And then put that next one up too, Curtis. The next. Well, uh, you lead it off, buddy. Said, you lead it off. Run game, hey. We talking about them not rushing. Let's talk about us rushing. That one-two punch looked good. You had, um, you know, Drones did what he, what he needed to do. Just him being in the game helps the run game, but he was able to break some runs. And we got to give a shout-out to Tootin, man. It's like this kid just keeps getting stronger and stronger as the season goes on. It's like he was hitting seven-yard runs, and it looked like everybody was – me watching on TV, like I'm standing up. I, it's hard to get excited about a seven yard run, but he's breaking tackles. He's, you know, one one step and he's gone. Like it was great to see just him. Uh, what he's, I know when he came here he was good, but just to keep watching him getting better and better against ACC talent. Um, looks like the line is is growing with him, so they're at least giving him a little bit of space. And then also what I like to see is Thomas coming in behind him. Looks like he's learning from him because I don't know if he was injured or I don't know what the deal was, but he looks different running the ball in these last couple of games than he has at the beginning of the season. He's not going down with one hit. He's finding holes. He's getting more patient. It was uh, one play. I can't remember exactly, you know, what kind of play it was, but it was kind of a maybe a, a stretch play or something. And he waited for his, like he waited on his lineman to flush all the all the defense out, and he just put his foot in the ground and stepped up field. So to watch him excel or or learn from from Tootin and get better every week has been good too, because we need both of those guys to win these uh, next games. Yeah, um, the the run game was very impressive to me. Um, I wasn't expecting to see that. Um, we had kind of seen, um, seen what this team could do, but I just, I wasn't anticipating them taking this many steps and having that big of a game, mm-hmm. um, this quick, just cause we had seen them kind of, all right, start to creep towards 200, creep maybe a little, a little past 200 in the rushing game. Um, yeah, I didn't expect us to bust open for 318. And like you were talking about too, and like there was a stretch there where, for like every uh like every play he was getting like eight to ten yards for about like yeah. a six or seven play stretch. Yeah. And I mean they just look like they couldn't stop him. All right, Brian, real quick, just so we can hit it on this. Um, I think we saw a lot more Brody Meadows on Thursday night than we had. To me, and I told you, me and you talked about it when you were playing poker, we're sitting over here watching the game. Parker Clemens that didn't look like the Parker Clemens from the first seven games of the year. Something, no. it, it wasn't perfect, no. but it won't the where he was. Mm-hmm. You know, it may come down to, it may be competition. 
You know, it may be a because I mean I've seen just from my perspective, I've seen some shuffling on the line. At one point, I'm texting Curtis like, Chaplin's not in the game. Is he hurt? And then Parker's not in the game. You know, is Ron Crook trying to get some of these young guys some burn to say, you didn't do your job. You got to come over here and stand with me. Or yeah. were they were they injured? Are they trying to get, like, we don't know. But I do know that when you rush for 318 yards, people who are going in the game, somebody's creating some holes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then even when the young guys got in at the end of the game, like, they came off the bench height. They were firing you know, off the ball at the you end. You see people firing off the ball at the end, wanting to get in, wanting to show what they can do. So, I mean, that's what you got to do as a – that's what you got to do as a as a football team. You got to build off each other. You have to continue to uh, sh- iron sharpen iron, and you got to have those competition uh, uh, plays in practice. So, I- I'm I'm thinking from what I'm seeing that may be it. You know, it's a little bit more competition going on, but people's not just comfortable where well, you're the best we got. You're gonna have to go out there. It's like no, nah, we'll put a freshman in if we need to. We just need somebody to go in there and get this job done. So. I agree with you, Curtis. I did look a little bit different. Parker did look just a little different this game than we've seen him. Now, again, it wasn't perfect, but we got to give him a little bit more credit for this game than we have seen in other games. Yeah, better overall. I mean, when you look at what we want to see, I think progression is what we've kind of been looking for in this offensive line, and we're starting to see a little bit of that. And some of that's mentalities. I think – some of that is this team is starting to take on the, at least on the offensive side, it's starting to take on the mentality of their quarterback. Yeah, true. And mm-hmm. when you see the way that drones has approached these matchups and how he comes out, he's, he's, he's fiery. He's, he's somebody that isn't afraid to go up and deliver a blow when he finishes a run. And I think the offensive identity is starting to kind of feed off of that. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, let's talk about drones on the other oh, on the other part of his game and how efficient he was on Thursday night. Sixty three percent, eight in attempt on six fifteen to twenty four. And Brian, talk about what you saw from uh, Felton and Lane because I mean they carried the load. Yeah, it was uh, it was really a good game from both of them. We saw the uh, the big play, um, big big deep ball to. Felton um, that kind of really got things going and really kind of put the the game a little bit out of reach, right? That was kind of the play that kind of felt like broke their back because we had scored uh, a couple field goals, got a touchdown, but that felt like the uh, the dagger play. That was the, that was the play that kind of broke their will for the for good and all for the rest of the game. Yeah, for sure. And they both had deep, two deep balls. The deep ball Brian mentioned for the touchdown, but Lane's that little deep, whatever he did. The corner, they said, uh, Dan Mullen, not a bad analyst, by the way. I didn't mind listening to Dan because he said <laughs> he, he talked about why Lane got his guy. He said he was running it, showed corner, got bit. He hit post. Yeah. And then Drones dropped it right in the breadbasket there, which was great. Here's the other thing I like. You go pull up the box score, guys, and start counting the number of names that got a catch. Nine. Yeah. Nine guys got catches. Yeah. And and, and yes, Felton and, and 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 Lane got nine of those. But for those other seven, he hit Gosnell, he hit Lofton, he hit Tootin, he hit Malachi, he hit Wright, he hit Gosnell, he hit Holloway. 
to me, that's where I we keep talking you, about. You know what that means, Curtis? Progression. He's going through. He's going through progressions. He's progressing, and he's going through his progressions. He's checking down. He's doing what a quarterback is supposed to do, which is great to see. Um, drones is my guy. He's all of our guys. Like we've been team drones from the beginning. But I will say, or I, I, I'm gonna toss this back to you, Curtis. Um, because I don't want to call it what went bad. I think we can talk about it here. Seeing drones, not because he didn't have his A game. No. Like if I if I rated his game with us winning like we did, I'll say at least a B minus is probably yeah. where I put him. You know, he missed a couple of guys. He, you know, missed a couple of deep balls, different things like that. Even on the sacks, I feel like, you know, some of those sacks, he 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 can get out of that. Yes, the, the more he learns, because they had a spy on him, and I think he's just better than that linebacker. Linebacker make a great play, but him maybe holding on the ball too long or waiting too long to take off. Um, so I'll say, talking about it while we're talking about this, Curtis, how do you feel, you know, about Drones not having his A game, but still having that mentality to rally the team for us to beat somebody thirty-eight to ten. Y'all, y'all say a lot about it, and y'all both played at a collegiate level. It's mentality. We blew out a team that was four and three. Yes, they had their struggles coming in, but mm-hmm. they had some. You know, they beat Purdue. They had a couple okay wins. Mm-hmm. We didn't see this blowout coming. Mm-hmm. And if you told me, "Are oh, you gonna blow them out?" I was. I'd sit here and be like, "Drones went for two eighty-five in the air. He went for one ten on the ground. He he accounted for four touchdowns total." Right. He didn't. He didn't. But what he also did, like you said. He rallied the troops, but he stayed calm. He didn't get rattled any. When you know he had a, he had one big run, he was kind of getting boxed. They spied him. But Brian, what do you say to this? That when the quarterback has that B minus, and something like this happens, what does it do for everybody around you? What does it do for the line? What does it do for the wideouts? What does it do for the running backs? Well, like uh, like Tally said, I think the big thing is that you know when you see a quarterback that can still impact the game with his leadership and mentality, even when he's not playing what you would call an A game or an A minus game or that B plus game, you know we we probably got a B game from him overall, but he was still impacting the the play in other ways. He was still making the timely throws. Mm-hmm. Even when he wasn't making all the throws, right? The throws he made counted. The throws he made were moving the sticks. The throws he made were going for big touchdowns. So you still were getting some of that as we were going along. And like I said, I think the mentality that he brings to the table, we feed off that because our running game was working. Our yeah. running game was working, and the only time we it was slowing down, and it's and it's been. We've seen it week, kind of week after week at this point. If, if this team has one flaw, and we're going to talk about it here in a second, if this team has one flaw, it's probably red zone scoring. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, it. And, and, and that's where two things are happening. Two things are happening there. One, you, you show you know your inexperienced quarterback. Some of that inexperience shows up in those tighter windows, um, those you know more quick decision-making that has to take place in the red area. Number two, your offensive line flaws are a lot more apparent because you have a lot less room to work. You got more people Brian, in the box. You got more. Brian, we're gonna let you. Place. We're gonna let you cook with that when we go to. We're gonna go to the next segment. We want to stay on the what went good right there. <laughs> but don't forget what you're saying. Yeah, don't forget it. Don't <laughs> forget it. Don't forget it. <laughs> that's all good stuff. But Two I just want to go back. 
Yeah, I wanted to go back right quick, Curtis, just to say one thing about drones. Um, and, and even when he doesn't have a A plus game, um, like Brian said, the running game is working. It is. And this is no disrespect to any quarterback or any quarterback that's played for Virginia Tech or that started the season as the Virginia Tech QB1. Our offense is set up to have a running back be a threat. Drones is a threat. So even if he doesn't run for any yards, he has done it in the past, and that defense is keying on him running. If you watch the linebackers and you watch the ends, their eyes are on that quarterback to make sure he doesn't gash them. So that little bit of time when you give Tootin just that little extra step and he can get that little extra oomph to get in that get up that up that gap up that seam that's why we're able to hit people for six yards seven yards you know uh even three yards instead of being tackled in the backfield like we were at the beginning of the season but curtis i know you had something else go ahead brother well i got two because you were talking about the rush and i wanted to hit this real quick mm-hmm. since uh, and i want y'all to both guess at this number since kyron drones took over at quarterback do y'all know what we're averaging per game rushing the ball? I'll give Man, y'all this yeah. hint. It's in the top twenty. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I was going to say I know it's. I know it's. It's good. It's better than we were. At, but it's I don't better than what it was. One ninety five. One ninety six. That's pretty good. I didn't even one play in prices right, man. I didn't even go over. Nailed it. 196. (laughs) That would rank 19th in the country in Russia. But you got to understand, that's crazy compared to what we – and then, like, you think about – again, we talk about Purdue. Um, This Syracuse team that we just played gashed them. They gashed them uh, running the ball. Us playing ODU, like, we – we met what we have 50 yards rushing, we had 30 yards rushing. We like, had, we had a crazy number of yards rushing compared to 319. Like, what we're doing now is crazy, but you know what? Hold that because me and me and Brian talk, remember we got a state of the program address in December. Yeah, Hide all those feelings in the back of your head. <laughs> oh, yeah, drinking the moon shower. We're gonna, we gonna pack out. them away, we're gonna let them flow when the, when the liquor's flowing. And we yeah, we're doing it on Nobody got to go to work the next day. Yeah, we got to see what That's these next four games going to do. Jeremy, we're doing that for you, too. We know you're out there. Two other pieces to hit offensively. I love the two gadget plays. The Malachi, Tom- Malachi Thomas can throw a ball. Oh, it looks good. They look great. <laughs> and then the XTB reverse. That kid's got some wheels because – Yeah, he do. Watching that play, we're going to lose, y'all. We're going to lose. Oh, wait a second. Nine that was the game. longest – that was the the farthest I ever seen somebody run nine yards in my life. It looked like he was running for forty yards. It was a nine yard game, but like you said, it could have been a loss. But he nope. squeaks him out of it. So had had some jets, had a little bit of wiggle to get some extra yards there. So yep. I mean, that's what you like to see from that type of play. Yeah, uh, and and it makes them have to think about it going forward. They can't yeah. just send those linebackers flowing anytime we have one of those tosses or anything like that. They got to start thinking about. In the back of the head, all right, I can't quite pursue like that. I gotta, gotta make sure that we're, uh, we're we're not flowing too quick here, especially guys on the backside too that they have that contain responsibility. When, when, right. when we run, when we run a short side toss, um, uh oh, you got a request. Oh Lord, here. Robert. 
Robbie, you know you always got my vote to talk football, man. I don't know if these two dudes up here like you, man, but oh, yeah. you know I, I love him, you know I love you. So you always you always got my you always got my vote to drink some moonshine and uh and talk football. That man was in my way, and he definitely got my vote. Um, yeah, real definitely. quick, two more things. Get special teams a shout out. John Love drilling man, field goals all night. John Love and Tucker Holloway. That return tell me you like, Is he topping like, the ACC right now? Uh, you give me a minute. Y'all talk about what y'all saw because, yeah. um, because Stu Holt is somebody posted, yeah, somebody posted something about Tucker Holloway. You know, um, oh, oh he's topping the ACC, he's fourth in the country in public, right? And he ain't even got a touchdown yet this year. No, no he doesn't. That's crazy. But this is what I was gonna say, which was cool to I heard him on somebody's podcast, was it TSL? I heard I seen him on a podcast. I gotta go and find out exactly which one because I've listened to so much stuff. But you know, he's just talking. He he seems like a really humble kid and he talks about just being a team player. And somebody posted that he was, I think, topping the ACC or that stat that you just said. Yeah. And he he posted a picture, a steel shot of everybody blocking. And he said, This is why. So he's posting everybody that's got their man locked up. And the lane that he has, you know, and he makes one man miss and he's off to the races. So to have that mind to even be humble like that and to bring his teammates into that celebration with him is awesome. So, I mean, we got a lot of good stuff going, man. I mean, I just want us to keep building on this momentum and, you know, finish out the season. Absolutely. All right, Brian, you ready? We yeah, move to what went bad. <laughs> the floor is yours yes. because because I got overzealous there. But that's my bad. No, 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 you, 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 you all good. But I know what. But Brian, go ahead and say it. I got a one topic that led to it. I was like, oh shit! I'm now I'm talking about something bad. Holy shit! No, I'm you know, a little ahead of myself here. But Brian, be, be reality. Why? Why? What you were talking about? Why you wanted to change? Not only for games, but what could have happened? Like, what could have happened Thursday night? Could have been. Yeah, it, it could have been a, easily a 50-burger if you're more mm-hmm. successful in the red zone. Um, and like I was saying earlier, that starts with, you know, there are a lot of reasons that a young team like this, a, an offense that's still developing like this, is having some of those problems. When you get in the red area, you got a quarterback that's still learning the offense, still overall inexperienced in terms of the number of starts and things like that. That that gets harder when you're in the red zone. Those windows get tighter. Um, you, you see a lot more, a lot less time in the pocket because you've got more guys near and around the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, you add that with the on the offensive line side, you got more people near the box. More, they're bringing more pressure. Um, there's, it's harder to get to the second level because there's more people in the box, close to the box. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of different factors that come into play when you talk about success in the red area versus success. Uh, between the twenties, so um, I, I get why we're struggling, but at the same time, it's something that we need to start seeing some progress on um, as we as we play a team like Louisville this week, and as we close out these last four games of the season. Yeah, especially 100%. like you said, when you're playing somebody like Louisville, where you're going into their house, you're going in as an underdog. If you get in that red zone, you're not going to beat a team like that with field goals. Mm-hmm. Not all the time. You know, a field goal could win it, but you got to put some – you got to get in the end zone. You got to touch pay dirt. So, um, like you said, all of those things that you talked about, 
or things that our young offense, our young play caller uh, is going to learn and is going to do better. You know, as far as the, the offense as a whole, we're, we're going to see that stuff and we're going to start producing now. So I'm excited to see um, what we uh, what we're going to be able to accomplish. I guess the next thing, Curtis, I'll throw back to you because it wasn't very much that we can say went bad, but I think you may have had something else that you want to talk about. Well, just no forced turnovers. We yeah. we had the opportunity a couple times. I mean, we got the ball on the ground. There were a couple times we got our hands on it in the air, and we just didn't do it. Right. And, and, again, that's the thing goes back to what Brian said. If we force a couple turnovers in this game, mm-hmm. I mean, th- let's go back 99 and go 62 nothing. I mean, this game could have been big-time bad. Yeah. And to Brian's point last week, Syracuse, to me, is a better team than the bottom. Yeah, they're, they're like right there, right there, about to fall under that tier. If they lose again, they're going to fall into that tier. Yeah. And we might have sent the death nail into Dino Baber's <laughs> coffin. But that's the piece. It's like this team's a little bit better. They've got a they've got a good running quarterback, which always seems to be an issue. Yeah. Um, but we, we overcame it. And go. let's go into this. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and lead mine. Y'all already said it once. Anything happened, we were not prepared for. I was not prepared of how we clogged those QB lanes. I there were no he did not escape any all night. I was shocked to see that. That's a credit to not only the entire defensive coaching staff, but Chris Marr understanding and getting the guys in the mentality. Like, listen, we ha- and I said it, we have to stay disciplined. We were yeah. aggressive off the edges, but to Brian, your point, we were pushing the gaps. We weren't moving. We weren't trying to like stunt and shift and slant and all this. It's like, listen, just get up in there, make sure if he comes up, he's not coming up to anything. And right. A couple times we got lucky and he took too many steps back, and we were able to get up in the interior defensive line and get the sacks. What about you, Brian? What in the world were you not prepared for? I have not been prepared for how much of a difference having Nasir Peoples out there has made for this defense. Yeah. That's but it definitely was a big deal. <laughs> I mean, I, we knew that that unit was going to be young. I think having his leadership back has been big, but having his yeah. playback has been even bigger. Um, and something that I thought was a huge problem the first four or five weeks of the season has been very much less so uh, since he's been back and healthy. Um, we will get tested again this week on that front. So I'm hoping to continue this trend of this being something that has surprised me, but I, I like putting that out there and a, just a sp- specific shout out to peoples for his play uh, the yeah. last few weeks. Shout out Mr. Peoples. What about you, Tally? What in the world were you not prepared for sitting down seven 30? I'm sure you took a big deep breath. Oh man. Two things I wasn't prepared for was the time of possession they only held the ball for 18 minutes. <laughs> we had the ball for 41 minutes, almost 42 minutes compared to their 18. And this is the big thing. They were 0 for 9 on third down. Robbie 0 Hughes. for 9. Oh. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie asked got it. It. He called it. it. He called it he out. It. He set you up. He set you up. 0 for 9 <laughs> on third down. You know, you've been every, everybody's been in the lane. You know, and on third down, you're up and you're yelling. You got your keys, yes, and then they do. get a first down, and you sit down and you look at Curtis and go, "Fuck!" You know what <laughs> yes. I'm saying? Like that's what you. That's what I do. That's what we do when I'm in there. 
But I'm at the house and I'm standing up and I'm shaking my keys and we get off the field again and again and again and again the whole night. Like I was not prepared to shut them down and they go 0 for 9 on third down. Like I had never seen nothing like it, man. It was, it was, it was scary. It, you know what it felt like? And um, Brian, I talked to Mitch at work. I messaged him. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch is season ticket holder. Um, it felt like the lane of old. She felt nasty. She felt mean. She felt loud. And they got the bitter end of it. Like yeah. she Lane bit him. Lane, you listen. I wish we could play that clip again. Go find that and find the eight sacks. Every single time. It is so loud. You can just mm-hmm. hear the crowd right there. So loud at them. I love that. All right. Um, what can we do better moving forward? And I think I think this is going to be an echo. Be that team every week. Every week. Every week. Consistently. Stop the run. Sack the quarterback. Run the ball. Pass efficiently. Big plays. Yep. And it's like we know – you buy, we wish you could, but we know we might not get eight sacks every week. We understand that as as fans that watch football, but we can be a team that shows up and does their job, that fills lanes and doesn't give up a fucking seventy yard touchdown on third and two. <laughs> you know things yep. like that. You know the big plays, the big running plays have killed us early in the season. So it's good to see that we've somewhat corrected those. You know, you don't want to speak too fast because we still got four games to go. But from what we've seen in the pit game, from what we've seen in the weight game, from what we've seen in this uh, uh, Syracuse game, you know, Florida State is a little bit different. The Florida State's we well, outside, talk about of, that. outside <laughs> of three plays, we saw it yeah. somewhat consistently against them after that first quarter. So right, so like, you know, just be that team like you said every week, man, and and. You know this 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 season shapes up and finishes up good for us, Brian. Yeah, um, I mean I'm right there with you. Just let's let's be this team every week, and um, like Tally said, I don't expect eight sacks, but I want to see the same type of effort of getting there. Like you're not always gonna get home eight times. Like there there's gonna be quarterbacks that get rid of the ball better than Schrader did. There's been quarterbacks that find a way to step up in the pocket differently and able to get the ball out of their hands better than Schrader did. But you're still impacting the play. You're making him move faster. You're making him have to get rid of the ball quicker. If you're consistently doing those things, you're going to be in a good position on defense to get off the field. And I'll say this, and I'll say this too, Curtis. When you say be the same team every week, that means at home and away. We've yep. seen a different team at home than we've seen away. So 100%. this week we're going away. Yep. We're going to play uh, a ranked Louisville team, which we're going to talk about after Curtis gives us some words. Well, the, the last piece I'll say is, and y'all talking about it with, you can't get egg sacks every week. You likely can't. But what you can do, and y'all know this from both playing tight end and line and tally playing defensive end and everything, you make them think so much. There's going to be times this week where Louisville's going to go and max protect on certain plays because mm-hmm. they're going to be like, we screw up on this five-step drop, he's going to be in Plumber's Grill, and he's going to hit it. We don't want that. So what are we going to do? We're going to play max protect. I want you shade left. You're going to shade right. We're going to send three routes out. We're yep. going to keep everybody else in. 
And when you start doing that, you start taking away the options. Mm-hmm. When you start stopping running the ball and you're filling the lanes, okay, instead of the running back going to where the lane's supposed to be, well, I'm going to kick it out because they're filling their laps. I'm going to try to get to the edge. And then the next thing you know is seven yards for loss. That's what that's what we're talking about. All right, and you are right, Tally. Before we get to know the enemy for the Louisville Cardinals, we are going to take a quick pause from our digital partners and Main Street Pharmacy. I can probably save you a lot of money, and I can take a lot better care of you. That's pretty much it. My name is Jeremy Counts, and I'm a pharmacist. I own and operate Main Street Pharmacy here in downtown Blacksburg. My brother's a pharmacist, I'm a pharmacist, my uncle's a pharmacist, my dad's a pharmacist. I remember he would give me M&Ms to count in little pill counters. This is something I've always done, and I'm just lucky that what I know so well is something that I can do and feel good about it and give back to people. Pharmacies are your frontline defense. Pharmacy's job is to make sure you're getting optimal care for the lowest price possible. Also, we take the pressure off of emergency rooms. I'll tell people immediately when they need to go to the doctor, or I'll tell them if they just need a cream over the counter. If there's something that isn't commercially available, if it's something that's not available in a certain strength or a certain form or anything like that, we'll make it. Tailor-made medications. Some of those options save people a lot of money. What motivates me? I get to take care of people and live in Blacksburg. That's all I need. As we take a quick break, we'd like to tell you about getting your free website report from our digital partner, Grassroots Digital Marketing Studio. They'll tell you how your website ranks on Google, on-site SEO, and social media. No commitment to buy anything. You can get your free report by visiting grassrootsdigitalstudio.com forward slash free dash website dash report. Now back to the episode. All righty. So now let's do Know the Enemy. Let's take a look at the Louisville Cardinals and let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, they got their mask back out. <laughs> Jokers here. All right, Brian, let's start with the offense. Let's talk about the offensive scheme for this team. Yeah, man, we are uh, we got uh, Jeff and Brian Brom, the Brom brothers running the offense here. Uh, this is a multiple up-tempo spread. Uh, they run a lot of pro-style looks as well. Uh, very predicated on the success of the run game and staying on schedule. Um, and they attack the whole field, but uh, that short catch and run, um, that's really their bread and butter, and that's that's where they make their most um, successful plays is off that catch and run in the short passing game, um, and also being able to run the football effectively uh, to set all those things up uh, when they take a, a shot deep. And they're also not afraid of trick plays. You're probably going to see a trick play here or there throughout the game, so look for that as well. A, making us stay on our toes. Um, We did it twice last week. We know that. I want to make one point before Brian starts getting into the players here and we start looking at them. Something that's very interesting about them, they are not a good third-down conversion team. Mm-hmm. 37.5%. That's, that's not a good number. You don't want to be down into that under 40%. But here's the craziest part. They get, you know – They've only gotten 20 first downs on third down. Everything else, almost 75% is on first and second. I know Shelton loves to say it. It's more what you do on first and second. To me, I think about this game right now. We've got to get them there. We've got to get them to third down. I think that's going to be one of our big keys. Brian, let's talk about Jack Plummer. He's a six foot five, 215-pound quarterback. Gilbert, Arizona, and Gilbert uh, High School. He was a transfer from Cal. Well, last season at Cal, he had a pretty good year where he threw for over 3,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, nine picks. He had been 
committed or had played previously under Brom at Purdue, where he was an 88 uh, as a class of 2018. So he's older. I know you've got some info on that. And so far this year, uh, 2018 yards, 13 13 touchdowns, but eight picks through just eight games. So a little loose with the ball, Brian. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, as you said, he's a uh, COVID year super senior um, and was really a late bloomer in terms of his uh, time out there. Um, Was kind of in a battle uh, back in uh, 2021. Uh, when he was still at Purdue and lost that battle, ended up transferring, uh, ha- had a pretty good season at Cal, um, and then uh, decided to use that super senior uh, final year to take a chance on himself, go back with Brom and, and get in this offense. So um, what, what I like about him watching his game, he, he makes really quick decisions and gets rid of the football pretty quickly. Um, from a rushing standpoint, You'll see some occasional quarterback keepers, um, just mostly to keep the defense honest. He's not a rushing threat. He will sometimes break the pocket, uh, but usually when he does that, he's looking to throw. He's only scrambling if it's a wide open lane there. Um, he's accurate in the short and intermediate passing game. He does take a shot here or there, um, but that's not really uh, his strength. Um, but what he does, he does get into trouble when that first read isn't open or, or when he trusts his arm too much. Um, he does have a really good arm, but sometimes he trusts that arm too much and puts the ball in the harm's way. So as Curtis said, he will throw some interceptions in there. Um, so that's what you're going to get with Plumber. You're going to get a guy that can kind of carve you up in the short and intermediate game. But if you can get some pressure on him, make him go a little bit quicker than he's ready to make him throw the ball further downfield, you might get some, uh, some pick opportunities there. Very nice. Tally, who are we looking at next? Yeah, the person who he's throwing the ball to most of the time is Jabari Thrash. He's uh, about 6'1", about 185, 190. Uh, He's from LaGrange, Georgia, 2019 kid. Uh, He transferred to Louisville from Georgia State. So um, this is his first year with Louisville. He was an 83 uh, composite um, ranking out of high school. Uh, Didn't have many big offers. Uh, Georgia State. Arkansas State, um, he had some looks from Georgia Tech, but didn't have an offer. So uh, Georgia Southern, a couple of others that he had offers from. So no no big schools really there. Um, and he's been, you know, he's been their guy on offense. He has about 712 yards uh, receiving so far this year. Um, pulling it up right now. Efforting. Yeah. Efforting. Yeah. He say what now? You're efforting. Yeah. He's got efforting. 700, 712 yards, uh, six touchdowns. His long being 85 yards. Uh, Brian, what you got on him? Yeah, man. He's a, he's a big time threat, man. They really use him every, every level of the defense. Most of the route tree is available to him. Um, bread and bo- butter is kind of that, that, that short stuff, intermediate stuff that he can, kind of get a catch-and-run opportunity when he's um, got some space there to operate um, and taking those long distances. Uh, but they will throw the deep ball to him as well, usually off that play action. Um, so so look for him to really kind of hurt you at every level of the defense. He's a guy you got to keep uh, keep an eye on the whole time, man. Yeah, absolutely. And one last piece about him 
teammates with Derek Canteen for the last several years at Georgia State. So maybe we get a little intel. He went to he went to state canteen with the Southern. Oh shoot. I yeah. they both went to state. No, nah, Canteen went to Georgia Southern. Oh man. But he went to Georgia State. And I've got a buddy here that I sold cars with. His son transferred from Georgia State to uh, USC this year. So mm-hmm. Southern Cal, his name is Jamil Muhammad. So I've watched Jamil play, and I've seen this kid play um, before this year, and he is really talented. All so. right, so definitely got to keep our own Jamari Thrash. And mm-hmm. something real quick, we were ta- we were we were shooting the breeze about this right before. You take a look after Jamari Thrash. Nobody's over three hundred yards. Nobody's over 300 yards. Uh, the, the highest next reception, he's got 46 receptions, 17. That's yep. a big stinking gap between yep. wideouts. And one reason it can be a big stinking gap between wideouts is because of their running back, Jahar yep. Jordan. Jordan, 5'10", 185 pounds, hometown of Long Island, New York, originally a commit to Syracuse way back. In 2018, he was a three-star composite, right at an 88 with 247. Played a couple years there before he transferred down to Louisville. Had a solid season last year with over 815 yards, and he has not only surpassed that already this year, um, he's blown by his touchdown numbers as well and his average yards per carry. 824 this year, 7.5 per carry, 10 touchdowns. And Brian, uh, is he used out of the backfield? Some not not a ton. Um, he'll he'll get a couple catches a game, but he's not he's not any sort of primary uh, weapon that they're using in the in the passing attack. Um, what he is really good at is he he has great vision at the point of point of attack. Uh, he can be a home run hitter. Um, he's got that type of elite speed. Um, like I said, good he shows good hands out of the backfield, but they don't really target him that heavily uh, in that in that mode. Um, they'll occasionally throw. Kind of a screen here or there. Um, they'll throw screens to their wideouts. Um, you know, screens to tight ends. So they'll, they'll they'll throw some screens. That's in their repertoire, but um, it's not something that they target him a ton on. Um, but he is absolutely the engine that makes that offense go. If he has a rough game, they're going to have a, a tough time scoring the football. Um, so if we can stop him, we can make them one dimensional. That's a good sign for us. Yeah, Brian was mentioning to us. All right, before we jumped on, when he went down in that pit game, that offense sort of fell apart. Um, mm. and it did, and we and we know what pit is. Yep. We know what pit is. Um, and, and NC but, State contained them and they they put up 13 points. They put up thir- they NC State should have won that game. We were mentioned yep. that Brendan Armstrong had been the quarterback, NC State would have won that game. So, um, Brian, I'm gonna let you uh, I don't want to say it because I was sad when I had to say it early. Let's talk about their offensive line and who's it led by. Well, it's led by a guy named uh, Brian Hudson. So uh, when when yeah. you when you think about that, and you think about a few years back and what could have been, that that right. definitely makes you sad um, because we could really use a Brian Hudson on this offensive line right now. And a Doug um, Master. And a Doug <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You have those two. You're looking pretty good. Yeah. You're looking pretty damn good. Um, but yeah, so that, but that's another. That's another former Hokie that's uh, that's shining elsewhere. Um, graded very highly in PFF last year is uh, putting out another good campaign so far this year, uh, locking down that center spot. And um, he's he's really the guy that that helps that team be able to run like they do. I mean, he's very very good in the run game. Yeah. Um, 
So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, the rest of their offensive line, solid run blocking, especially gap schemes. Uh, when they pull those, those guards and uh, and uh, and tackles, they do a pretty good job of clearing things out there. Um, they do a good job blocking in the screen game. Um, guys get up to the next level, get a, get a hat on a hat, give them some opportunities to kind of operate in open space there. Uh, but pass pros a mixed bag. Their their tackles are only okay. Um, they, the garden, uh, tackle combination. Sometimes if, if you can run some stunts or some, some blitzes at them, sometimes they can get confused and they, they struggle with blitz pickup, uh, off that edge pretty well. So if, if we're attacking off the edge with Kianta, um, or, uh, or Kalia Lawson on the other side, I think we're going to be all right. All right. So there, to get home. All right. So there is the offense again. Um, you know, this is a pretty dangerous offensive team, uh, and you see the weapons and you see how much they're scoring. Um, so it's good to have knowing some news notes on the way they like to do things. We appreciate that, Brian. All right. Brian's work's never done. Next, he has to go look at the defense. And, Brian, let's talk about this defense and um, because it is a change, right? Because they were a 4-3 last year under Brian Brown with Scott three, four. Satterfield. 3-4. Three, 3-4. Four. Three, four. Oh, excuse me. 3-4. Yep. What they have changed completely this year. Uh yeah, you're looking at a four two five scheme. Um they employ that uh at stand up defensive end that we've seen a couple times this season. Um we'll shift into kind of a two four five nickel package um when they're trying to get after the passer on those uh those third and long situations. Um not super blitz heavy as much as you would think for a four two. Um, but they would do like to bring pressure and they will shift the fronts to create confusion. So, um, you know, not, not something we're unfamiliar with here, um, but probably a little less aggressive, um, leaning a little bit more on their defensive line to get some, some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And that group is led by Mark Hagan and Ron English. They are a co DC unit watching that game on Saturday afternoon. English is the play caller. I, they mentioned that several times. Um, but something that I found very interesting, and, and, and this really piqued my interest, was they are 19th in the country in sacks. That's that's pretty good, right? You're top 25 in sacks, you're getting to the quarterback. Usually you see that it correlates to tackles for loss. They're not big on that. 70th in the country in tackle for loss. And, Brian, they do have a really good uh, uh, defensive end that is making some hay. He is pretty high up in the country as far as it comes to total sacks. He's got like eight and a half. Let's talk about Ashton Gillett, who is a six foot three, 270 pound defensive end out of Boca Raton, Florida, class of 2021 and 85. All he was was an 85 when he came out. Biggest offers, this is where you always look at those stories, Maryland, Duke, Kansas, Wake Forest were some of his big offers. And he, like I said, eight and a half sacks, excuse me, yeah, eight and a half sacks so far this year, 27 tackles. He's forced a couple fumbles. He's he's balling. And what can we do to stop him and what's he show? Yeah, I mean, you know, typically he's the hand in the dirt defensive end, uh, though they will – kind of have him standing up depending on the alignment, but usually he's the guy with the hand in the dirt. Um, he's coming hard off the edge. Uh, really good against the run. Um, will also be very good in the, in the pass rush game here. Um, steady when they run at him. 
um, but plays flat and fast in, in pursuit. So he, he does good there as well. Um, but he does get after the quarterback, especially if you give him one-on-one opportunities. He can be neutralized a little bit when you run another guy at him. Um, but obviously that's going to take away from you know protection elsewhere if you're doing that consistently. So uh, when he gets one-on-one opportunities, he can get after the quarterback pretty good. Yep, and I was mentioning where he was. He's fifth in the country in sacks. Fifth. APR is four. There's only three guys in front of them, and there is only one power five guy in front of those two, and that's uh, Jonah Ellis out at Utah. So those boys are doing work regardless. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to flip. Let's go back one unit. Let's talk about the defense – excuse me, the linebacker room. And I looked and he caught my eye was T.J. Quinn. T.J. Quinn out of Valbasta, Georgia. Loudon's a 2021 recruit. 85, not a big recruit. If you go to his 247 page, everybody. Orange uh, Hokey jersey. Hokey jersey. He was a (laughs) – he officially visited the Hokies back in 2020. He was on our radar, and now he's down at Louisville so far this year. Um, let me get the stat line up here. He was one of them silence, wasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Silent, silent. 62 total tackles, uh, one fumble recovery, a couple pass deflections. Um and, you know, the last couple of weeks he's had really good weeks, um, 19 total tackles between Pitt and Duke and uh, pass deflection and a one-and-a-half tackles for loss. Uh, Brian, where is he playing exactly, and uh, what do we need to be lit- weary of him for? Yeah, he's playing that safety spot, um, really balanced safety. They kind of use him both as a ball hawk and in run support. Um, great zone coverage defender. Um, he's decent in man, but he can get caught in space with some double moves. Um, so if, if we're running at him, throw a little double move on there, get, get a little shifty, he might, might get turned around a little bit. Um, but he does a good job of filling um, in the running game. He gets there. He's not the best tackler. He's not the most sure tackler, but he is a willing hitter when he get, comes in the box. Um, and, you know, as you said, he's a guy that we've seen kind of a lot of the years. We saw him a lot with uh, that, that UNC matchup. Uh, in the coastal, so um, we're very familiar with, uh, with 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 his game, um, and it's interesting how we almost had this as the matchup that we would have been talking about in in three weeks and uh, or four four weeks at this point instead of uh, talking today because he was he did play the spring game at UVA, so <laughs> it, it, it's been a weird journey for Cameron Kelly from a uh, hokey silent commit to a UVA spring practice participant to now a Louisville starting safety. So definitely, definitely. When you talk about Cameron Kelly, um, he was committed to Virginia tech. And then he went to Auburn. Then he transferred from Auburn and he went to North Carolina. Then he transferred from North Carolina and went to UVA. Then he never played at UVA and went to Louisville. So he's been kind of all over the place. But he's having a good year this year. Uh, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be tough to tough wide wide receivers to get loose on. So I'm just excited to see what they can do. Absolutely, absolutely, boys. So now we got that. We got the key players on each side of the ball. We feel could have impacts or potentially guys if we can take out of the game, especially the offense. We take 
any one of those two offensive weapons out of the game, it will drastically hurt that team. We've got to talk about our keys. Brian, you've been talking a lot, so I'm going to let Tally lead this one so you can get a little sip of water and catch your breath. Tally, <laughs> what's your key to this game? Get on that quarterback's ass. He showed you he can throw picks. He showed you he will throw picks. He can throw touchdowns, too. He's got 13 touchdowns and eight picks. Hey, I like our chances. If we get it, if we pressure him, if we he's not going to kill you running the ball, like Brian said, he may move around the pocket a little bit, but he's not going to escape and, you know, hit you for a 50-yard touchdown. You got to get pressure on him. And if anybody can get pressure on him, I'm going to say the Hokies can get pressure on him. We got one of the best sack leaders, uh, one of the best sacticians in the country on our team. Um, hey, go get after him. This week is time to put up a shut up. This is a big week. We've said this every week, Curtis. I know this weight game is huge. This yeah. this this uh, uh, um, pit game is huge. This Syracuse game is huge. But really, this game here, you're going on the road and you're playing a ranked team. Yes, you are. You know, and whoever wins this game is in second place in the ACC. There are no more divisions. So this is a huge game. Yep. This is a this is a game where Virginia Tech can put themselves on the map more than they are. Yep. Brett Pry can solidify his coaching career here. Um and this team this season, man, they've they've turned it around. Um, they've turned it around already, but you know, we still got big goals. You know, That's like I said from the beginning, I said, Hey, just get me to a bowl game. These guys may be looking for ACC championship, man. And I got, I got to say this before I let y'all say what you said because Grayson wanted me to tell Sheldon, but even though Sheldon's not on here tonight, Grace, Grayson said, Sheldon, you got to quit telling people that they can't dream about the ACC championship. Let us dream. That's what Grayson <laughs> said. He, and I think his words was, tell Shelton to kick rocks. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. you, Shelton, I, I don't think you're feeling good tonight, man. But when you watch this, Grayson said, let, let Hokie Nation have this. They want to they wanna get this. Uh, they want to get to this ACC championship. Mr. Drones, what's going on, my friend? Mr. Drones, how are you doing tonight? Good to have you along with us. And, Brian, I am going to pitch back to you now because we usually do four. Shelton's not here, so I'm going to take the two at the end. And I know you got one on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it really, I mean, it, it, it holds true on both sides of the ball. You got to be effective on first downs, stay on schedule as an offense. And on the other side, we need to stop them from being effective on first downs. That way we can get pressure on that quarterback, make him make some mistakes, get those sacks, get those interceptions. So that's the key for me. Go out there and be effective on both sides of the ball on first down. Get us into a situation that's favorable. Keep them in unfavorable situations. All right. So I got two. The first I've kind of already alluded to, we've got to get them the third down. Get them the third down where they seem to struggle for whatever reason. I'm going to assume, Brian, you tell me if I'm right or am I going down the right road. The reason being that sort of tempo offense, if you're getting them in the third, they haven't probably hit a good play, right? 
if if you're getting them to third, number one, you can't run tempo out of unless you pick up that first down. Number two, if you're trying to run the tempo, that means you've had two plays that have not been what you would call successful plays. They might have been good enough to get you in a third and short situation, but they are not what you really want to see from a tempo situation. Tempo, you want to be successful in first and second. You want to keep the defense on the he- their heels. You want any third down you get to to be a third and one or two yards. There we go. And if they're if again if they're not hitting tempo, it probably means they did not hit at least a five plus play. The second piece, and I said it earlier, we need takeaways. If you go look back at the Pitt game and you look at the NC State game, they turned the ball over multiple times. I think we need three. I think we need three turnovers in this game. And now we got to go make our predictions, boys. Prediction and our big screeners, which we're going to talk about, is presented by Prize Picks. Our big screener segment, always presented by Prize Picks. Prize Pick, a daily fantasy app where you make entries based on player projected outcomes. This week, I'm going to tell you what I'm going with. The Jets are playing the Chargers. Justin Herbert's at 267 and a half. Go under because the Jets are a really good defense. Zach Wilson's at 198 and a half. Zach Wilson's not a good quarterback. Go under. Take the two unders in that, and that should help you make a little bit of money for the prize picks. So, again, prize picks, uh, they will match up to any deposit up to $100 when you sign up using the code BCPICKS. QR code there on the screen or boundarycorner.bcpicks. I do not have our record from last week. I did forgot to pull it up. I don't think it was great, honestly. <laughs> Mine's never great. Fade tally. Glad you're Fade tally as always. All right. So um, I'm going to lead this because as much as my heart wants to do it, my head cannot do it because I say we need three turnovers. I think we get two, but I think we lose a war against Louisville at Louisville 33-30. That stupid line that came out of 12 and a half, that's already went down to 10. If I'm betting against the spread, give me the Hokies all day because I do think we're going to be able to keep up with them. They have shown they are a good defense, but they have shown flaws at times. I do think um, Kyron Drones is the most dynamic quarterback they will have seen all year. Honestly, I don't think they'll see anybody else like him all year. So um, Louisville will win, Hokies cover. And I'm sad about that. Tally? You know what? Before we started talking and before Brian gave me all of the knowledge that he gave me, I I was with you and and would have said, you know, the Hokies are cover, but uh, Louisville to win. But I'm going to say the Hokies are going to pull one out. I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to go with Hokies. I don't know. I want to go 28-21 is what I'm going to do. I just feel like with our defensive line playing how they're playing and um, how they've been able to get to the quarterback, I don't know if their quarterback can handle the pressure that's going to come to him, and I think he's going to turn the ball over. And I think we may get those three picks. I mean, I think we may get those three turnovers that you say we need. Um, And I just think that how our guys have responded, they know what's at stake. Um, And I think we're going to go in, and I think we're going to bring our own guts. I'm hoping this is the, this is what I'm hoping because uh, we've been a much different team on the road than we've been at home. So I gotta I gotta ride with our guys just because I'm not sold on on Louisville. Louisville's a good team, 
But Louisville show they got, you know, they've got a great receiver and they've got a good running game. So if we can at least keep that in check, we got a chance there. So I'm going to go Hokies uh, 28-21. All right. Brian, what about you, man? Yeah, I'm going Hokies here too um, to cover. Uh, I've got this one coming down to the wire, man. Um, I think the Hokies are playing with as much confidence as we've seen in a good while. Um, and I think that's going to feed it. I think it might just be a little little too much there at the end with the home field advantage. I've got the Hokies losing a tight one, uh, 31-27 Louisville. Um, I think it's something that you can still have some solid takeaways from, even in the loss. Um, but I'm hoping it goes the way Tally's talking, I tell you. Yep. We, we hope and tally is right on that one. Um, and, yeah, go ahead and put it up. Uh, we did not get an official. All we got from Shelton was Virginia Tech. We did we're, not get we're, a we're taking that as a, as a cover, not a win, until we hear otherwise. Until we hear otherwise. We'll put it out there and let you know. Yeah, once he gives us, again, Shelton under the weather tonight, not going to be here with us. All right. As always, we are college football fans, second after being Hokies fans, and there are actually some good games on the slate this week, a couple overlappings. But let's start with the first one, Brian. I got this one up here, Kansas State of Texas. Huge game for the Big 12. Huge game. With Oklahoma losing last week, they're on the verge of losing potentially their playoff spot. Um, And we got Kansas State rolling down into Texas. Kansas State blew the crap out of Houston, 41-0. Uh, I think Texas – obviously, Texas is coming off a win. And I think for this one, I think Texas is good enough defensively to win this one by a touchdown. I think it's going to be ugly, low-scoring affair, something like 2013 Texas. Yeah, I'm going I'm, I'm to I'm take Texas as well uh, in this game. Uh, I didn't really have a score prediction. Uh, but similar to what Curtis is saying, I don't think it's going to be, you know, super high scoring or, or, or a big blowout, but I think Texas will win by a touchdown. I just don't know the exact number. You know, Ron? Shelton thought the same thing there. So uh, he has yeah. Texas uh, covering here, the, the five line, and so do I. We're going across the board back to back here. Um, I think it, it will be a low scoring affair, but I think it's going to be something like, 24-13, Texas. All right. Okay. Low scoring affairs there in Austin on Saturday. Got a big night game down in Tally's neck of the woods. Tally, what's your game of the week, sir? Bama and LSU. Man, I remember when this Bama-LSU game used to be like three to six, six <laughs> to nine. You know what I'm saying? Some we, crazy we, we, we saw that game, and then they gave it to us again later in the year, man. Yeah. Ugly. It would be, dude, it would be some ugly knockdown dragouts between these two teams. And I don't know if people know a lot about Texas. I mean, about uh, uh, Alabama, LSU. They they really hate each other. That is <laughs> that is two schools that are, are a, a big rivalry for each other. So, um, Man, I gotta go. I'm gonna go Bama on this, man. I mean, I just, I think Bama is is hitting their stride. I think they found out uh, similar to to how we did as far as their quarterback situation. Um, who's the quarterback, and they've endorsed him. Oh, froze up. 
I'm just I'm gonna go Alabama. I don't have I don't have a score prediction, but I'm I'm gonna say Alabama and they're gonna uh, cover. Cover the four. All righty. What Shelton got there, Brian? Shelton's going Bama here. All right, I'm against y'all on this one. Um, I think I don't know who wins the game, but I think based on there's been shaky play from Alabama at times, there's been shaky play from LSU at times. Um, still to this day, Nick Saban cannot figure out guys who are athletic at quarterback. He's always yeah. struggled. Um, when you go back a decade ago, he struggled with Tyrod when they were out talenting us. Same with Logan. I think LSU's going to cover. Give me the four. I think, you know what, this is probably going to be an entertaining night game to watch because it is going to be an 8 o'clock kick. So give me LSU. Yep, and we're, we're both in the same path there. Uh, I took LSU as well. Um, I just think, as you said, man, they struggle sometimes with these uh, athletic quarterbacks. Um, LSU's got probably one of the best ones in the country. So give me LSU here. Um, I think LSU's going to win this one outright. So Bama will be eliminated from playoff contention here. Oh, it's going to be a lot of crying if that happened down here. Oh, man. You, you'll have to uh, – you got to bring on one of their fans next week so we can just hear it. <laughs> yeah. All righty. I want whoever calls into some of those SEC shows, man. Oh, my gosh. God, Tell man. me the truth. All right, Brian, who you got? Uh, I got Mizzou and uh, Georgia. Uh, this line is kind of crazy to me. Um I was like, all right. So it, it floated out there at 16. I was like, Let, let's grab that one. Cause I feel like Mizzou's kind of shown to be a, a tough out this year. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I'm rolling with Mizzou here. I think it's going to be a lot closer than folks are thinking. I do think Georgia has figured whatever they hadn't figured out at the start of the season out. They look like a legit national championship contender. Now they look like a team that was probably going to make the playoff, but didn't look like they could, to go all the way this year. They're starting to look like that team. Um, they've gelled a little bit. I think that 16 line is still a little fuzzy, though. I think it's probably about a two-touchdown game, but it doesn't quite get to that 16. No, it's not. Y'all, Georgia tricked us last week, didn't they? Oh, 14 and a half to Florida? Yeah, Florida will hang in. And they beat them by, like, 26. Yeah. Georgia. Georgia by 23. Man, I don't know if I had to. If I was putting some money on it, I might not do it. But I'm going Mizzou on this as well, Brian. I kind of feel the same way. You know, maybe about 14 points, but you know, two touchdowns and a field goal. I don't know, man. I don't think Georgia's going to beat them by that much. I think Georgia wins, but not by not by more than 16. All right, what's Sheldon got on this one? Sheldon is riding with us, man. You're the odd man out here. The odd man out on this one. Y'all going to be sitting here after the Hokies pulled the upset against Louisville. Y'all going to turn over to CBS 49-3. Oh, man, we should have listened to Curtis. I'm just giving y'all grief. All righty. By the way, next game we're pulling up. This is Sheldon's choice. Go ahead and pull it up, Brian. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. Always a crazy game. For the foreseeable future, this game will not be played. Mm. With the move, I, I, I'm going to put this strictly on Oklahoma. Because they the big blue blood. You know Oklahoma State wants to play them every year. You know they do. So I'm putting yep. this on Oklahoma. If you're an Oklahoma fan out there, why? Why won't you play them every year? Yeah, figure it out. Figure, figure it, it out. out. Losing things like this, like we lost Texas, Texas A&M, which we'll get back in a few years here, um, is sad. But for this game, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Brian, I am not sure what Shelton picked. 
He's riding with Oklahoma, man. He's riding with Boomer Sooner, who are coming off their loss up at Kansas, which I, I was – did y'all see the end of that game? I know, Brian, you were doing a bunch of stuff. Say. You see the end – that was yeah. insane. Yeah, it really was. I picked Kansas to, to cover that game, though, so I kind of felt good about that, what happened. But um, I'm going to go Oklahoma in this as well. Uh, I think Oklahoma's going to be a little pissed off, and they're going to come in and uh, take care of business. But you, Brian? I got Oklahoma. I think you're going to get a pissed off Oklahoma. Um, this is a team that they they might have lost what they're playing for, but they've still got to go through the schedule, win out. I think they're going to refocus, um, get back to what they do best, and uh, I think that's going to be enough against this uh, the pokes over there. Yeah, and I'm with y'all, Oklahoma. I think if they went with Kansas, I think this line would be like eight. Eight and a half, yeah. and then you know go the other way, but that loss to Kansas is going to piss them off. Give me Oklahoma, and we got one last one: USC UW. Uh, Washington is the favorite at minus five. Brian, ah, uh, got to got to switch right. up the graphic. That's all right. Not not a problem here. Um, USC basically had to play for their lives at Cal. Yeah, Cal is a team that's struggling, y'all, um, yep. right now. Four, 50 to 49. Cal did the right thing, by the way. Cal went for two at the end. Yeah. They went for two at the end. You're the underdog. You ain't got nothing to lose. You ain't got nothing to play they for. Go for the win. Let's go for the win. Um, so here we go. For this game, Brian, USC, UW, who you got? Dub all the way, man. Um, this this Trojan team has not impressed me in really any game so far this season. Um, there hasn't really been one game where they went out there and dominated the way I thought they would, especially out of after what they looked like most of last season. Yeah, um, I, I, they've really underperformed in my eyes uh, all year. So I'm going with the uh, the Huskies here. All righty, I'm next. I'm with the Huskies as well on this one. Um, the Huskies have a – they're not an elite defense. I think they've got enough defense like we've seen between a couple of the losses this year to slow Oregon down. Ain't no way USC slowing down Michael Penix in that offense. No. It ain't no way. Penix, he, might, win, Penix might win the Heisman. He, he might win you know, the Heisman. He might win the Heisman. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going with the Huskies as well. I mean, why not? From what we've seen and what we've seen from USC – uh, lack of defense, <laughs> you know, like why would we think they're going to stop the high, somebody that's in the Heisman race? So if Sheldon has anything different than what we see between us three, we have to have a talk with him. What do you got? Wow. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> and I'm going to do something real quick. Cause somebody, I, I, I called it three in Rex Parker, one of our listeners out here, you went for every pick. So we're going to put yours up here. Rex is with all of us with Texas. Rex is riding with me and Brian with LSU. I ain't the only one. Rex is riding with me with Georgia. Rex is going against us. He thinks the Pokes are going to take it personal here. And then let's go here. He's with us on UW, and he does say VT covers. Rex, we appreciate your input. If I'd have caught it earlier, I would have put them up every time. Oh, by the way, thank you, TIB, for putting this up. Kansas has more wins all time over Oklahoma than Okie State does. That's a tough one to believe. 
That, that's that's wow. a fun fact right there. <laughs> that is a fun fact. I that's a fun some, fact. Y'all out there giving us some tidbits. Boys, y'all got the Twitter sphere up. Anything happening? What's happening in the games? I couldn't I couldn't have all the bandwidth inside the room here tonight because 26 2614 uh lines up, but uh Raiders have the ball and are driving. What about baseball I game. I ain't got that up. I ain't watching nothing right now, but I know the Lakers started playing at 9 30 and I'm I'm expecting us to lose. <laughs> For some reason we can't we don't like playing at the beginning of the year, so they yeah, like we we tend to not figure it out till sometime just before Christmas, and then we're like, yeah. all right, we'll start playing now. All right. Bro. By the way, Rangers won three one tonight to take a two one lead. I guess that just wrapped up. I'm th- th- hey, the pitch clock works. The game started at eight oh six. It's under three hours. Um, put some more up here that we're seeing folks throwing their picks out. Uh, yeah, my, my question is, why is LeBron James playing like 26 minutes at the beginning? Shouldn't it be like play heavy the first month, then light for a while, then heavy again? I don't know what we're doing, man. But he is all Yeah, we won one. We beat we beat the Suns without two of their stars. <laughs> it's still almost lost. I mean, they had Durant, but they didn't have really anybody else. Right. Yeah, one and two. Uh, okay. I mean, we've been in every game. I guess that's one thing you can say. I mean, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like we got smoked in any game so far. I mean, hey, Tally, you sure you want to turn it on? Y'all up right now? No, I'm not gonna turn it on. I'm just gonna find out. I'm gonna go to sleep and wake up and see if we won. Everybody, (laughs) next week when we come back and talk about the game, he's gonna tell us he did not go to sleep that night and he stayed up till (laughs) twelve o'clock watching the Lakers game. Probably Man, Gar- Garoppolo just missed a wide fucking open Devontae Adams. He'd still no. be running right now. Oh man. Well, I don't think I'm playing either. Well, boys, if nothing else is broken, let's wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. I'm Jonathan Talley. Visit our website, boundarycornervt.com, to listen to all of our episodes. Check the merchandise shop out, the Boundary Corner store value there. Uh also also, Tally, Sactician, we might have to do that. Sactician. That's pretty good, right? That is a pretty good one. Sactician. While you're there, follow us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, please, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, also, our podcast sourcing, Spotify, Amazon, Apple Podcasts. Jason Long plays us in, plays us out every week. Uh I don't know Jason's bets. He's probably got at least one parlay rolling tonight with the, with the <laughs> NBA. Um, we're gonna at start least, putting at least. Well, I mean, hey, he, hey, we'll be straight up, Tally. His first like five days on NBA, he has absolutely nailed, which means he's probably gonna lose for a month and then claim he's not playing and then get some extra money. But that neither here nor there. Check him out on uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook channels. Go to jasonlawmusic.com to get connected all there. Also for his live events. We thank you all for listening. And as always, let's go. Okay. Okay.